You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello and welcome to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast with me, Hamish Carton. Lots to discuss today, as always. We'll be looking back at the weekend's SPFL action, all four leagues covered, lots to talk about there. We've also, at this very minute, got Neil Doncaster addressing the crowd at Hamden ahead of the League Cup quarter-final draw. That's been made at the moment, so we'll, we'll have reaction, live reaction from that as it's made. Um, joining me today are rather bigger panel than last week when we just had Matt and Callum. We do have those two joining us again today, but on top of that we have the Skyvers from last week, Callum Fisher, Connor Park and Lewis Kemp. How are we doing guys? Are we ready to talk Scottish football up? Ready to talk up the Scottish game, yep. Looking forward to it. So what I'm going to do is, as the first ball is picked away, I think we're just going to focus on the League Cup draw at first, aren't we? Um, and we'll, we'll see who gets who. First of all, um, we've got Celtic and Hearts are probably the two last big teams left in the tournament. Are we hoping those two face each other or are we looking for a wee team to make a surge to Hamden? Who wants to come in there? I think it would be quite good if, um, if Celtic and Hearts did draw each other because then it gives it gives one of the smaller teams an opportunity to get to the semi-final. Have they been drawn together? No. The first draw we've got, oh, just as you say, yep. Hearts <laughs> against Celtic, Tynecastle oh. will be rocking, I'm sure. We've also got Inverness at home to Ross County, the oh. Col- Conquerors of Falkirk. We Highland Derby up there for you. The Tullock, Morton, who beat Motherwell in the last round against St. Johnson. Intriguing one there. And, of course, that leaves Hibs against Dundee United, which is, it's, in its own way is a very good tie. So some live reaction from that, guys. No doubt the, the tie of the round. I'll come to you, Lewis. Hearts against Celtic on the back of that not-so-cracking game on Saturday. That'll be a big one. It's a tough one as well, um, and it's, it's it's interesting because you know Celtic's record in recent times against Hearts has actually been very very good. But um, I think yeah, obviously last Saturday was was a bit different. You know, uh, I think I've got actually got a stat here about like the. the did you come pre-planned with stats? I, I did. I did come pre-planned with stats and prepared. Um, there's been right Hearts last bet Celtic obviously in 2012. There's been 11 games since then. The aggregate score of those 11 games combined is 35 two. Yep. In favour of Celtic. Last goal that Hearts scored against Celtic was Timo Pukki's debut, in fact. And the last time Hearts beat Celtic was April 2012, yeah, I think, which was yeah. the, that famous Craig Beatty-inspired win at Hamden in the Scottish Cup fight, uh, semi-final. Hearts, of course, went on to win that tournament, beating Hibs in the final. Uh, moving to the Highland Derby, I think it seems appropriate to come to you, Connor. Your team dispatched pretty, pretty relatively easily last Tuesday night, 7-0. Uh, how do you see that one going? I think uh, Ross County will get through that. If Ooh, they even at the, the top? Yeah, I mean, I think Ross County, for me, having seen them um, on Tuesday night, they were very, very impressive. Um, and then they've got, obviously, <coughs> that draw against Dundee on Saturday, which was good considering they were down to 10 men. I think they will find that fairly straightforward. Um, it'll be tough because they're away from home, but I think. In, in general, we think I could see it being a comfortable 2-0 victory or something. Um, I've, they've just been impressed me so much so far this year, and I think they'll probably finish 
I think, the top five um, going and how they're doing at the moment. Do you go along with that, Callum? you think uh, Ross County will comfortably beat Inverness? I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. Uh, it should be a cracking game, though, as has already been said. But, <laughs> let's say, County have been fantastic this season so far. But, as Aberdeen felt uh, Saturday, it's not easy to go to Inverness' stadium and win. Um, but, a wee bit of a derby up there. Hopefully, it's a good turnout as well. Yeah, hopefully for that sake... Uh, your conquerors, Matt Hibbs, another home tie for them against Dundee United. We'll come on to the whole Dundee United-McNamara story later on, but probably a tough one to predict in many ways. Um, yeah, I think if it depends on how Dundee United are going into it in the next few weeks. If they can pick up some wins, then I'd make them a clear favourite. problem with Hibbs is a bit of inconsistency. You saw it last week, they dispatched Aberdeen pretty easily. I mean, they were comfortable in the game, but then they, they drew at the weekend, so... A bit unimpressive, so I think um, it's going to be a cracking game. But I, at the moment, at this moment, I would probably make Hibbs favourite for it because um, there's no better time to play Dundee United than than at the moment. So, yeah, and uh, the final tie, Callum. You saw Morton yesterday. You saw St Johnson last week. How do you, you see that game going? Um, I think it should be a, a fairly even game. Um, you know, St Johnson obviously did play really, really well last week at Ibrooks um, against. You know, a Rangers team that probably put in its worst performance of the season so far. Um, but I, th- I mean, it should be a tight game just because it is a cup game, and obviously Morton will be will be right up for it. But I could probably see St Johnston going through there if I'm honest. Yep. So those ties, I'm sure we will preview in more in depth when it comes closer to the match. I think the next month. Am I right in saying that? Twenty seventh and twenty eighth October. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So. We will gloss over that for now, though, um, and we will talk about the weekend's action. And where do you want to start, guys? Probably Aberdeen's end to their winning start. Yeah? Yeah. You up for that, Matt? Yeah. I'll put you through it. Inverness seem to be showing signs of a bit of a revival. We talked about their draw at Tanadice last week when they they probably should have won that game and then a terrific victory on, on Saturday to back up that cup win at Ammonvale. Or, sorry, not Ammonvale, the... Tony Macaroni Arena uh, in midweek so Aberdeen we'll talk about them first the winning run is over are there cause to be concerned for the Aberdeen fans or is it a blip? Um, I said it last week after the League Cup game that it was a blip however um, Derek McInnes came out after the game and he said that it was Aberdeen's worst performance well the first half was probably the worst he's ever seen his, like his, his own Aberdeen side's play so that's that's pretty concerning Um the second half was an improvement. Um, I'm taking nothing away from Inverness because they were dominant in the first half. They should have been a few more goals up, actually. Derek McInnes did say afterwards that um, we were lucky to even get escape with 2-1. He thought um, we could have been 3 or 4 nil down at half-time. So uh, if it wasn't for Danny Ward, then I think um, we probably would have been. Uh, there's, We can look at it in a couple of ways. I mean, it's... It's not a positive, obviously, forget me, obviously it's not, but the fact that that, now, that streak is now over, we can go back to concentration, guys concentrating on, like, just on getting, like, get another run going, because that's one, that's one run over, everyone wasn't expecting anything of it. If you'd asked me at the start of the season if we'd won our first eight out of nine games, I would have, I would have bit your hand off, so I think, still so much positives to look, look at, um, like I said, you can't take away anything from Inverness, because they were, they were brilliant on, on Saturday. Yeah, Inverness, I think, looking at the highlights, could have been two or three up within the first half an hour. Yeah. Uh, come to you, Lewis. Is there a case that Aberdeen believed their own press a wee bit after that victory at Tynecastle? Lost their last two games, Easter Road and the Tullock. Was there a bit of overconfidence there from Denham McInnes' men? 
a wee bit, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is it's quite interesting how um, you know Aberdeen go you know two games, they lose two games in a row, and uh, there's not really too much made about it. If I was Celtic or, or Rangers in the past, you know, there would have been a big a big thing about it. I, I feel. Um, and I, I think just going to the actual game itself, I think a lot of praise has to be, has to go to Ryan Christie, who I thought was was fantastic. Agent Agent Ryan Christie, mm-hmm. <laughs> a stunning goal. Yeah. I was just saying earlier, he's uh, he's done more probably for Celtic's title challenge at the weekend than any Celtic player did. It was a stunning goal. We're just looking at it now, an absolute screamer. But Connor, you believe that keeper should have done a wee bit better? I do. I think don't want to take too much away from the boy because I think he's done fairly well, but. When I've seen it come through on social media, the, the Inverness Twitter page was making out to be goal of the century. I was expecting it? some absolute rocket from 40 yards out that flew into the top corner. Quite frankly, it didn't. Um, I don't think it was at that bad a height either for the keeper. I get it, it's swerved, it's dipped, but I do think he should be doing better with it. I think, it, as I say, it wasn't, I wouldn't even say it was incredibly powerful either. I think it, it was just, yeah, it's dipped, but. For me, good strike, but that that's all it is, you know. Um, I think you're right, and probably the fact that it was the goal that made it 2 0 Inverness that kind of saved that Celtic's bacon a wee bit with them drawing against Hearts. It's it a nice, nice wee David Cameron reference. Bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I do think credit to the boy, decent strike. But I would have, if it was my keeper for a, for a t- the team I support, I would be expecting um, I'm going to do a wee bit better with that. I agree, but I also think that the defenders should have closed them down. I don't think they expected him to shoot, and there was three yeah. of them round him. So I think, I think every goal, though, when it comes from distance, that, that's always something that's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Because when he was, it was only it was thirty-five yards out. I think it was, um, which is a fair distance to hit it from. But when a, a midfielder is advancing on goal or towards goal at that distance, mm-hmm. th- there should be at least one coming out to yeah. him and, and facing up to him I don't think they were expecting to be fair so it was a, I mean it was a cracking state but um, I think it, it did move a lot yeah. like it, it, like you saw it and it didn't even go that high in the corner but it was just the way it was there and then dipped instantly you know so uh, Danny Ward doesn't deserve any penalty for it in my opinion because he saved Aberdeen on quite a few occasions on Saturday so I'm, I'm not going to put him put him in the put him down for that it's like yeah, well, Calm, I'll come to you because Inverness have, have started to pick up their their season with a couple of wins, as I mentioned. Is there there signs to be encouraged there for for John Hughes there? I think so. I mean, you look at how well Aberdeen have been or or did play the previous week, um, and you see that Inverness more than matched them. Um, I always thought at the start of the season, I think I put them fourth or third um, when we did the league table, which looked a bit silly in the first couple of weeks, but they are starting to pick up now, which I think probably quite a lot of people would have expected. You know, things quite a lot of things changed in and around the club after winning the Scottish Cup. Um, and I expect them to sort of push on and, and sort of get away from any danger that they, they might have been in in the opening weeks of the season. Yeah, certainly a, a terrific win for John Hughes's men. Moving to Celtic Park then, Celtic were unable to capitalise on Aberdeen's defeat with only a draw. A nil-nil draw to show for their efforts at Celtic Park on Saturday, but Callum, uh, they they deserved more than that, didn't they? Going by the highlights, without a doubt. I mean, it looked like constant Celtic pressure um, for the vast, vast majority of the game. Um, Celtic were all over them. In both teams, will be kicking themselves after the weekend in terms of both Celtic and Aberdeen, and because well, I'm not entirely sure. The, how many points are in at the moment? How many points are in the Celtic and Aberdeen at the moment? 
Uh, yes, four. four points. Both played nine games. Aberdeen twenty four, Celtic twenty. That's what I'm saying. I mean, both teams will be kicking themselves regarding if either what they come away with a victory, it could have opened the gap even further, or Celtic could have been one point, uh, two points behind Aberdeen going into it. So both teams will be kicking themselves, but Celtic um, more so, I would say. Yeah, it was a poor result, Lewis. Celtic dominated the game, but. Uh, Nothing to show for it, or only a point to show yeah. for it afterwards. It could have been worse, actually, if if F. A. Ambrose didn't. Um, we'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, right. But uh, no, I, see, but I, I was I was expecting a bit of a hammering, really. I, mean, I talked about the stats earlier on, so I was a wee bit, you know, surprised. I thought Hearts played really well. I thought that um, um, just first half, first half Celtic really should have put it away, but um, you know, second we just um, second was really poor, and I thought it's kind of worrying, really. I think you know, for Celtic is the lack of you know threat up top. I mean, let's be honest, Griffiths had a bad day. I, I, I personally feel, yeah. But it's funny how you know, I mean, I, I mean, if, if Griffiths gets injured or if, if he has another bad day, then we are kind of there, there's problems there because I, I mean, Chief Che was offside for for, for on two occasions mm-hmm. yesterday. Didn't really make any any impact in the game, you know. So I mean, I don't know. I I just think that that was the main kind of concern for me coming out of the game was that I think when Griffiths is out that side, we look a wee bit light up front. Yeah, I think uh, a fear about Griffiths would have to be the fact that he he seems to he maybe score a goal every here and there. Most games as he hasn't. That was the first game in seven he hasn't scored, but he seems to take him four or five opportunities before he scored. Yeah. And when you look at European games, especially Thursday night in mind against Fenerbahce, is he going to get those chances? Because he missed. Let's be honest, three sitters, absolute sitters. I think, in the first the, half. I think the worst thing as well is, that in, and obviously that's the case, but in the second half, he was like, there was opportunities for him to pass, and then he didn't do that. Instead, he wanted a couple to of long shots. A couple of long shots, you know. He was so desperate to take, take that goal, and the goal never came because it was, I know, it's a, it's a bad day for him, but, um, you know, if he gets injured, that's, that's, that's a worry for Celtic, I think. Yeah, it was my first real viewing of Hearts on Saturday. I saw them in pre-season, but that you can't really take that into account. And to be honest, I wasn't wasn't greatly impressed by them. I thought, I know at the end of the day they got a draw, and it was a terrific result for them to take away from Parkhead. But in terms of going forward, they had that one one mass shot in the first half, and then obviously the the chance late on. But that was down to Celtic's poor defending. Um, I didn't think they offered much going forward. I thought they played themselves into trouble early on in the first half, trying to pass the ball out. And Celtic, you could see from the first few minutes, Dial was just saying, just get on top of them. Rodjic, uh, Forrest and Commons were just pressing Griffiths as well. And they just weren't getting a chance. They were just giving the ball away. And that's what led to so many Celtic's chances early on. Hearts were better in the second half when they dropped so much deeper and rather than trying to play. Because I looked at their team about 2 o'clock when it came out and I thought, wow, they're going for it big time here. You had Nicholson, you had Wanma, you had So. He had like wing backs like uh, Patterson on the right, just bombing forward. And the, to be honest, they were a bit of a letdown for me. Uh, I appreciate you. You'll probably see more attacking wise from them at Tynecastle because I don't think the Tynecastle support will allow them to sit back as much. But uh, they didn't really impress me. Connor, were you were you surprised to see them take a point from Parkhead on Saturday? Um, yes and no. I think it's a game that. At the first attempt, I would expect, or first looking, I would expect Celtic to win in that. Um, but I think Hearts are a good team. And in that respect, when I seen the team come out, I thought, well, you know, my thought was, well, if they lose a goal, I think they've got the capabilities to score one. On the other hand, though, they looked a wee bit more solid at the back in the second half than they did ever going forward. I think they had a couple of chances in the game, that was it. Um Hearts for me are, are, are a really good team despite having lost um, a couple of games recently and I think 
you know, you can't let that kind of fade the fact that I think they'll still finish third this year. Um, I think the question that we maybe all had at the start of the year was, would they challenge Aberdeen for second? But in actual fact, Aberdeen's done the opposite and kind of stepped up a gear than what we maybe expected and Aberdeen yeah. are maybe not quite... Hearts, sorry, Hearts haven't, sorry, uh, quite... They've almost quite been left on their own in third because there's uh, no one really challenging behind them but they can't uh, push on to the top no, two. and um, they'll not push on now. I think, they ha- well, they have to be really level with Aberdeen and Celtic just now they're going to do that. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if that kind of inconsistency did continue with another team able to fill the gap, but I just don't think they will and I do think it will be a kind of flat season almost for Hearts in terms of they'll have big games that they'll be kind of made out of, but in terms of the league for playing for places, I don't think that'll be there as much. Lewis, I want to come to you because it was a, a 90 minutes, a very poor 90 minutes, and then three really dramatic last four minutes, no, three minutes it was stoppage time, you had the, the Griffiths goal that was chalked off, I yeah. think, for offside, Chief, he was offside, any arguments about that at all? No, none at all, I mean, he was offside, as I said, the second time he was offside and, and, yeah. and, and the game since coming on. Yeah. And then for the, the last minute, chance for Hearts, Nicholson running through. It was a bit of an argument earlier, or a heated debate. Was Did Ambrose just think, or oh, it doesn't matter, just take him out, take the red, or did Ambrose try and win the ball? I personally thought he was trying to take one for the team. Yeah, and so I, did I. I, I completely, I'm, I'm happy for him to do that. Um, yeah, he was applauded off the park to echoes of Effie Ambrose Ballon d'Or. <laughs> so, uh, and he, I think he actually applauded the fans on the way out of the park, which is quite funny. I've never seen a player yeah, get sent off and yeah. applaud the fans on the way out. I mean, end of the day, because obviously his, his reaction was like, oh, well, why are you booking me? But I think that's just a kind of natural reaction. I think, he, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And end of the day, it's better to settle for a point than, than to lose. Was know, there an argument that Nicholson should have squared it earlier, Connor? That was my thoughts. When I when I watched on the TV, I found myself almost shouting at the TV, square it, you know, as as he was running through. Um, because I could see that, I don't know who it was that was running behind him, but I think the ball was able to play earlier, and if he'd done it, it would have been a straight through and goal. There was not a Celtic defender that was going to catch him. And fair enough, you could say Nicholson was almost going for it himself. But I think there was definitely a case to say that that ball should have been played back across earlier. Um, as for Ambrose, personally for me, I think it's clumsy. Um, I, I don't buy the whole... It was... I just don't see players looking for a red card. doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, but I think he had it in his mind. I mean, let's be honest. I don't, I don't see folk were saying, oh, you can get back and win the ball. I don't think he does that from there because I don't think he's good enough. If it's Van Dyke, when Van Dyke's playing, you think, oh, fair enough. But I don't think Ambrose has the quality defensively to take it. Nicholson's a good player. Nicholson's away. He's quick. If he's away from Ambrose, Ambrose isn't catching him. It's it's a fair point in some ways. I, I just don't ever think. I, I get the whole you, you know you bring someone down in the halfway line and take the book in. I just don't ever think it comes in a football player's minds to I'll take the red card. You know that, that to me is just. I just can't see a footballer in that position saying I'm going to take a red card here. I, I think fair enough. You have it in your mind. You take the yellow card when you're on the halfway line, or you can see an attack but get into form. But not when a boy's running through on goal. You do not think I'm going to take the red card here. I just don't think it's something that ever crosses his mind. I think the challenge was just clumsy. And I do actually think had he been a wee bit, you know, better, sharper with it, it could have got in and made the sliding tackle. Um, but for me, I'm sorry, no footballer. I just don't get it. I just don't get to think of anyone that would say, you know, he's take, we'll just take a red card for it. It doesn't happen. I think you're being very, very naive there in saying <laughs> that. I think, obviously, he's going in with the intention to win the ball, but the fact that he thinks there, well, if I get a red card and we get a point out of this, or 
I don't, and then they go through and score, and we don't get any points from this. You can't tell me that that won't cross his mind. Falkirk players are all nice, though, aren't they? No comment from Connor. Anything else you want to add from that game at all? Any opinions on the Ambrose incident? Will we move on? We'll move on. So it was three all at Dens Park. Dundee three, Ross County three. A terrific comeback from Dundee in the end. Two Rory Loy goals got them a point. And who wants to come in in this game then? Because it was a real cracker. The game of the weekend in the the Scottish Premiership. Game of the weekend, and it was fourth on Sports Scene, I believe fifth maybe. No, that was so the, that was the last game. I think. Was that last yeah. game? Let's, let's not give Sports Scene yeah. a bash this week. We, we, we usually do. We, we usually do. No, it was it was a brilliant game. I expect. I said it, I was expecting goals. I think I. I said two all on the podcast last last time, so I'm, I came close, I suppose. But um, no, it was a brilliant game. I think um, Ross County should have killed them off, though, um, in the second half. Um, uh, I read a stat saying that um, Ross County haven't even scored in the second half this season, and uh, they're fourth in the league. Yeah. So um, that tells you that they're playing forty-five minutes and then thinking, "Oh well, the game's done." But um, no, they, they should have put the game to bed, but credit to Dundee, they got the penalty and then they got back into it from there and then the crowd were with them and um, yeah, they got their, they got their win, sorry, they got their point, I'm saying, sorry. so brilliant, brilliant game, so brilliant advert for the game, I think, as well. Yeah, it was a game I actually talked up, as we often do last week, because I said it was a game that you'd usually look at and you'd think, oh, Dundee, Ross County, not much to see there, but Callum, you've got two top six teams there, do you think they'll both be there at the end of the season? Again, it's a tough one. Um, I think I think Ross County will be, but I, I expect I think Dundee have really disappointed me since their uh, early season fireworks. To be honest, I think they've disappointed me quite a bit in terms of you know the the Hearts game. I mean, they lost that when they were in a winning position. In but great great comeback uh, on Saturday. They've done well to come back. Obviously, we're down three one at half time. So done well to bring that back, but I feel expect Ross County to be in the top six come the end of the season. I think they've been brilliant, but as Matt said, I mean, that's a staggering statistic in that, that they've not scored a goal in the second half um, this season, which is me- mental. <laughs> is there a case, Lewis, and I know Matt will probably look at me strangely here, that Ross County are the team of the season so far? Um, no. Um, the reason I say <laughs> that, we were tapping them for 10th place. That was in our cumulative yeah. table, 10th place, are now 5th. 15 points from 9 games no well they've definitely surpassed ex- expectations I mean I think well, someone needs to get the stats for the for the whole year because it has really been a whole year where they've just been terrific you know yeah. um, it's interesting because once because from my opinion eh, when McIntyre first got in there I, I don't think he was really that sure of of, the, of his best team and his and his, his the best way to play tactically but as, as soon as it all kind of came together it, it came together really well and you know they've been on a just a fantastic run of form since then and uh, I don't know I, I mean the question is can they you know kind of keep this run run a form up and you know for me I think. I still think there's established teams like the likes of St Johnston and um, and, and Inverness who, who who I think towards the end of the season will will come into their own and and, and claim back those top six places and obviously the teams like yeah United and Motherwell who will be having new managers so I'm not I'm not going to say right now that they're guaranteed top six but you know it's been it's been a fantastic start a fantastic you know year for them really yeah I'm just looking at their their start to last season and actually if we were talking this. Uh, this time last year, we would have seen them with only three points from the first nine games, having just picked up a win against Dundee at home. So, just goes to show. I mean, they're twelve points better off this year. Obviously, a new manager and everything. But is it time we give them a bit of credit? Do you think? 
are they a team a bit like St Johnson in previous years that we just kind of take for granted? Yeah, but I think I think as you said, I mean, we we all kind of thought they would struggle this season, but um, which I think was been a bit harsh on them considering the the start, sort of the, the end of the season last year. Um, they're playing some great football. They've got some good players. Um, depends if they can. I mean, if if they need to strengthen in January, they could. But um, it real like I said, it depends. But I mean. They've got a good setup up there. Um, Billy Dodds as well gets gets a lot of credit. I think has been um, McIntyre's number two. So um, we just we just need to, just need to see how it goes, really. Because um, yeah, <laughs> pretty much yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dundee are a team, as Callum was saying there, that have been talked up a lot. And I made the claim last year that Ross County might actually finish ahead of them. Is that doable, Lewis, for for Ross County? We'll, we'll talk more about Dundee. Actually, is there a yeah. chance that Dundee? could find themselves lower than fourth? Because I think everyone's assumed that fourth would be where they are this year. I think, because it's interesting, because obviously I think people have been getting, maybe not getting carried away by the results that Dundee have been getting, but by the way they've been playing the first couple of games, where they've been very, very impressive, um, certainly attacking-wise. Um, defensively, though, I still think they're maybe a wee bit suspect. I mean, I just thought, just in the first half alone, um, I, I thought the, the first goal, the goalkeeper really should have been done, doing better. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure who it was, but uh, some, uh, one of the defenders, I, I shouldn't know his name, but he, he got bit uh, to header by Michael Gardine, who isn't really, it's not as if he's the tallest player in, in the world. So I still think there's problems defensively for Dundee, but if they can get that sorted out, um, then you know there's no reason why they can't. They, they can't uh, take this good performances to turn them into good results. Yeah, it was a, a cracking game at uh, at Dens Park on Saturday. A crowd of over five thousand as well. I know Lewis, you're right into that. That's pretty decent for it's, a game of that nature. Decent, yeah, because I'm not sure how many county would have taken. I think I think Vanessa when they went, they took maybe about two hundred odd. So I mean, county would have taken probably probably the same. So aye, it's a, it's a decent crowd. They just had the bit in the corner of the main stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dundee yeah, yeah. fans in mind there. Yeah, it was a terrific game, as we've said. Elsewhere on Saturday, a win in the big game for Motherwell. First game under Stephen Cragen, and they beat Partick Thistle 2-1. We'll come on to Partick in a minute. We're really fearing for them now, as we'd said last week. But first of all, on Motherwell, fantastic for them under Stephen Cragen. Or is it a game they should have been winning? Or is it both? Well, I think... I think it was more to do well as I said last week Partick that was the best time to play Motherwell but fair play to Motherwell I mean they, they came out I I don't know if it's because of who they were playing under I think maybe if, if Barraclough had lost the dressing room then it was a whole case of well let's disrespect him first and foremost if they've gone out and then given it their all against for Stephen Craig and I think um, but you can't really take much away from them their performance was good they played well they took advantage of a vulnerable Partick as well I mean they're as we said they're struggling so um, they, I mean, they were firing all cylinders, but um, it really just depends if they if they can keep it going. Um, Stephen Cragen, he's, I'm pretty sure now his odds all been slashed for the from the bookies um, for the next job. I still think there's people there that will be favourite ahead of him. Um, Mixie Patalainen and Kenny Shields for one, I think would be would be higher up anyway. So you just need to see how, see how they're going. But it's a good win for them, and we'll just need to see. Yep, uh, in terms of Partick Thistle. Very worried now, very worried. Yeah, I mean, I think I've talked about it before, but I think the the real issue is getting uh, getting what is is the midfield providing uh, service for the strikers. Because um, I mean, there's I mean, Chris Dolan scored fourteen goals last year. I mean, there's there's players there. I mean, a Ray Wallace as well. I think he's a good player. I just don't think this kind of three man midfield is really, really work is working out for them. Um, I mean, in terms of Motherwell, I thought it was interesting that both Law and Taylor were dropped. Um, 
I mean, I mean, Craig has always just came into the job, and I thought it's, I thought I thought that was very interesting that he'd done that. Uh, and I think it was also a massive bonus that uh, Steen Pearson came back. Even if he was half fit, I think he's still their best centre midfielder. Yeah, definitely. Callum, do you want to come in there? I will <clears throat> just carrying on for what was said. I mean, it was interesting to mention Pearson because, well, as I was saying last week when I was looking at the Motherwell forums, they said that that was the kind of biggest downfall of their season so far is that they're missing uh, Stephen Pearson. And obviously, with him coming back, it's a massive boost to him because obviously, he'll be a character in the dressing room as well. He's been there, done it. So obviously that would be a massive thing for them. But um, interesting, have we got to touch on the manager issue? Yeah, sure. If you in terms of the next Motherwell manager, uh, yeah, go for it. Well, it was just when we were saying there um, that well, Matt thinks that uh, Mixu and Kenny might be might be ahead of Craigan, but I'm not I'm not sure. Is is Craigan not still the favourite to become the permanent manager as well? Because obviously Motherwell aren't a club that's got hundreds to spend, and he's already there in the payroll and. Does yeah, it make not, sense? No, I, Has yeah, he not I, said he's maybe not? He, d- he doesn't know if he's interested in the job yet or something. Craigan said that. that. I think he did say that. Yeah, I think he'd be daft not to take it though. Oh, I agree honest. with you. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Stuart McCall. He was talking about it last night on Sports Scene. Um, he says he's not yeah. applied, but yeah, he was talking um, about the Scotland game instead. Yeah, so he tried to, yeah, he was trying to get away from it from both jobs actually. So I, well, I think I read today that, that McCall was distancing himself from the yeah. Dundee United job anyway, mm. specifically Dundee United. I think he'd be. I think yeah. McCall personally would be foolish to go for the Motherwell job. I think it'd be. It'd be pointless. I mean, he walked away last year when they were when he realised he couldn't take them any further. But I get a bit daft decision from Motherwell. I think they they should probably look at someone that knows the Scottish game. We talked about it before how um, there's there's managers up here without a job. Um, Jimmy Caldwood for one keeps getting Jim Jeffries. I mean, Jim Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, whereas I mean. I saw names that were getting linked with that have managed in England, like Alex McLeish and all that. There's no way they could afford him. I mean, they, they couldn't mm. afford Billy Davis either. They couldn't. They couldn't get these guys in. I think they need to go back to basics. If it's Craigan, then fair enough. I mean, he knows the club inside out. But it's going to be a. a, a <laughs> I don't know if I if I'm I'm not really a fan of ex players getting straight into a job, a managerial job like that. I think. Um, it can maybe inspire you for a while, but I think end of the day, I think they need someone that knows the game, and I, I, I still think Mixu and or uh, Kenny Shields would be the would be the men forward for that one. Well, if, if they want basics, Ali McCoy's is still out there on a job, so <laughs> I'm just going to like. Is he, is he just going to is he going to be the groundsman this year? Is he? Because I, I, I can't see anything that comes available. Aye. I'm just going to go McCoy. Wow. So who? Let's throw names out there then. Who who would you have if you are? We talked last week about being the Motherwell uh, decision maker. Make yourself Stephen Thompson right now. And uh, Stephen Thompson's Dundee United. Yeah, I know. That's oh right. Dundee, oh. Yeah. oh right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make yourself Stephen Thompson and tell me who you'd, you'd employ as Dundee United manager. Mix with Pat Lyon for me. I think is oh. there. If, if you can, if you can get him there. Which is interesting. You brought that up because Cal. I mean, you I think you spoke to Kenny Shields. You conducted a wee interview with him the other day. Something we will hopefully have have up for you in the not too distant future. But uh, what did he kind of have to say about working with Mixu in future? Yeah, well, that was what I was saying. Obviously, I'll speak about it briefly because obviously we want it in its own right up here. But um, what we basically said to Kenny is he's very to even slightly get back to Motherwell. He's he's very. He's very interested in the Motherwell job. He's said that himself, and he believes he'd be a great fit for the club because he sees him as a similar club to Kilmarnock and that they're a provincial club, etc. So, in a good community aspect about it. So, Kenny's very interested there. But asked him towards the end um, whether he would be willing to work as an assistant manager again under Mixie Patlinen because obviously he's selling himself as a manager. But he said yes, he would be. 
he would work with Mixu again in a heartbeat. And to be honest, I think Mixu will be the next manager at Tanadice with previous connections there as well. So I think Mixu will be the next manager there. Is that an exclusive or is that just oh, opinion? Oh, no, just opinion, only opinion. Interesting anyway. What about you guys, Connor? Are you going to throw Stephen Presley's name in the, the hat? I just think um, Stephen Presley and Anton United would be a very good fit. I think, I've all, I always said Stephen Presley's plan for Falkirk was a good plan and a plan that would work well with a little bit more money behind it. Because um, he's very, very, very good at bringing through young players, which is A, what Dundee United are trying to do. But he, what, he does know he has to have experience in beside them. And unfortunately, um, with the money that, especially not now we're in a better financial state, when we were with, with him, we couldn't offer him a lot of money to bring in really high quality experienced players down going beside them um, so I do think it was a good fit I also think he was very close to getting the job last time before McNamara got it it was them two that were the final two so um, he's certainly obviously high up in the opinion of Stephen Thompson and, and people at Dundee United so I would fully expect him to be there again the only thing is he is based in England still his family moved down there when he uh, joined Coventry so um, whether they'd be willing to move back up or not um, but I do think he'd be a very good fit um, for Dundee United I think apart from that you're looking along the more um, older heads line and I think you know, would. the next one after that would be Mixie Pataline and or Stuart McCall um, for me I can't see for some reason them going out and bringing in another really young manager um, I think they'll Somebody a wee bit older. You learned a uh, lesson with Barakoff, maybe. I think it depends how you look at it because by the end of last year, he did what he had to do. It kept him up. Would he have done that again this year? Probably. Um, so it's a hard one to, to to work out. I think for me, I just didn't get some of his signings. I think he did good move with McDonald coming, sign him again this year. Good move bringing Clarkson back, but. He's not played them though. He's not played Clarkson at well, all. That, that, that's another, another point you make. Obviously, you're going to sign someone and you need to have faith in them. But for me, when he was in that situation, it was last year, and I, I sat here and said it that the big difference between Motherwell and Ross County last year was uh, Ross County brought in a tried and tested manager who knew the league extremely well and knew exactly what he had to do to build a team that would get enough to save himself. So they, did, they did more than that in the end. Um, whereas Barraclough came in with a decent pedigree in terms of he'd done well in, in the places he'd been but hadn't been in very many places and, and that was always a risk and for that I think as well both at Dundee United and Motherwell you'll see a manager that has been in the Scottish game before and has at least managed one Scottish club to a decent level and, and done well with them Yeah, well it's very interesting times ahead there uh, so quickly sorry just to kind of stay on the issue we don't think Stephen Cragen will be getting the job or is, is there a chance there that he, he could be under him my, my personal opinion is I, I do think they will I think uh, we've talked about a lot of these names but names take money to get in and I think Stephen Cragen if he goes on a couple of wins uh, I think I think they'll see him to be blatantly honest it's a cheap option but it's probably one of I me mean, I'm not really in touch with Motherwell fans but it's probably one that would be welcomed Welcomed, but maybe it's a massive risk, in my opinion. Um, Is that it, old thing, though, that every it, appointment's a risk? Yeah, but if you saw it, you seen it last year with Hamilton. Had it not been for the start they made, they probably would have gone down. Like, Canning's inexperienced. I mean, now it's coming good, obviously, because he's had a summer at the job. I think that, I think it's, I think it's too much of a risk. I think they need a bit more of an experienced head in there, someone that has managed the game to to come in because. 
I mean, slowly, if they, if they don't start picking up points um, after Christmas, you'll see that they're going to be down there again and they're going to struggle and they need someone that's got that pedigree of getting teams out of trouble or getting or just actually knowing the Scottish game or knowing the transfer market if they can bring anyone in. And I think that they need to go with someone that, that knows the game, personally. I'm with Hamish in this one, to be honest. I, I believe that Craigan will be the, the next manager at Motherwell, to be honest. I think, as Hamish has said, he's... He's already in the payroll, it makes financial sense and he knows the club as well because what you're not really wanting is a, another Barakoff situation when if they bring in somebody else, it's going to be a whole heap of new players that will be brought in as well. Craigan knows the club, um, he knows the players, he knows a lot of players he's even played with some of the players there but um, like I say, I, I don't think Motherwell, they're, they're going to get themselves into a very financial hole if they do go and appoint another manager. However, if they appoint another manager and it keeps them in the league, then it keeps them in the league then, do they? But the thing that they'll be worried about is another manager coming in and bringing in a whole new backroom staff and flooding the team with another seven, eight players for panic buys in January. I personally am not convinced 100% that he fully wants it yet. Um, I think any interview he's given, he's been very open and honest and said, well, got a nice job doing the 20s. And then I can supplement that. He's always enjoying what he's doing on the TV and everything. I think it would be a, a lifestyle change for him um, to go and take the job. And I think it's something that I don't doubt Motherwell has got a very strong place in his heart. And he would, you many people say he would jump at it. But I think it was one, if he does get offered it, I think it would be something to have to think about very seriously. Because um, just so far in the interviews that he's done... I know some people like to say that could be a front, but I do genuinely think he's not 100% convinced that that's even the way he sees his life going. And I think he even said that in an interview I heard last night, that football management isn't necessarily in his plan um, about what he wants to do. He did admit, though, that sometimes things come up and it fits and it's right and, and you get into something. He says, but um, when he finished playing, he wanted to try and do different things um, and, and football management wasn't actually one of them. So it'll be interesting to see, but I do think the fact that his mother will play a very big part uh, in his decision-making, he has to go for it first, doesn't he? So um, yeah. I think he was alluding to the fact that that's not even been a decision he's made yet whether he's going to apply for it or not. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one that we'll keep on top of anyway. Moving from one club without a permanent manager to another one, would you call Dundee United now? They've not really got a manager. There's a whole stuff yeah. about... Uh, it was getting confirmed later today, so it yeah. might have been confirmed by now. I'm not checked. But, um, so yeah. we'll, we'll say that they'll be getting a new manager anyway. After uh, we'll touching the game first, uh, a crushing defeat for them. They took the lead at uh, McDermott Park against 10 men. You're thinking, could this be the turnaround for them here? First of all, we think it was a red card for, for the goalkeeper. No. No, absolutely not. I thought it was an absolutely mental decision. I mean, Manus, he didn't really make any movement towards the player. He, he simply he stood his ground, and then Mackay kind of just fell over him. So I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was a complete mental decision. From, I'm already hearing Manus. Ross Clark listen to this raging know, going. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's not last man. It's a. Well, it's a to say last man. Aye, aye, does, but, 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 but it was a goal scoring opportunity. He barely moved, but yeah. that's the thing. If anything, it was a free kick to St Johnston, in my opinion. Yeah, there's two arguments anyway. But the fact is that Dundee United were one up against ten men in a game that they you have to go and win that game from that point on, Callum. Absolutely. I mean, me and Matt called it on a, on Friday. We said if McNamara doesn't doesn't win on a Saturday, the writing's in the wall for him. And it turns out we're right enough. And let's say if 
you're up one 0 against ten men. I mean, the game's yours for the taking. You expect to go in and win it by two, but three, three goals easy. Um, albeit St Johnson are, we're saying a very well organised side, but at the end of the day, they're they're caught. They don't know whether they need to go for it or go damage limitation. So, absolutely terrible result for Dundee United, and I couldn't believe it when I seen it come in. And let's like say, as me and Matt said eh, on Friday, Matt Namara will be away if he doesn't get a positive result on Saturday. Yeah, Dave Bowman has been announced as new caretaker manager at Dundee United, just for for you guys that are interested. Any arguments about McNamara's sacking, Matt? No. Um, I think that the fans couldn't believe in him anymore, and they were calling for his head for the last few weeks whenever I've listened in to like off the ball and so on. Um, no, uh, the, it, it goes back again to last year. We always say it in the in the show, but it was that from then that was the demise. Um, when he lost the players, he lost the cup final easily to Celtic. He they, they were on that horrible run because they, they were lucky that they'd been made such a good start to the season. Like they were going in January, fear of relegation was there was no fear of relegation. Top six more or less secured. So, but the. You just need to. I, I don't know. I mean, we're talking there about Mixy Pat Lightning coming in. I think he would be he'd be a good fit for them if it wasn't Motherwell for him. He would. Um, and they were they were talking to him on on Saturday morning um, about it. And obviously, the Dundee United job hadn't been confirmed because it was before the match. But um, I think that they're just gonna they're gonna have to look at it sensibly as well. Um, but I think that they're gonna. I, th- I think Mexico Patlin would be a good a good man for them. Um, did did wonders at Kelly really in the short spell he had there, and he again he he knows probably how to work with without a budget really. I don't really think he'll get much anything really. I mean, I know they made a lot of money last year, but and this year, but they're. I mean, the players the players have got to take so much responsibility for that, in my opinion. I'm I'm of the feeling that they've got a much better squad than eleventh where they are at the moment. I mean, I know, I know. I mean, Ross and I were having this chat earlier on uh, that the players um, often get. Uh, sorry, the manager often gets the brunt of the criticism, and the players should take a lot more. Maybe that's just the way football works and always has worked, but. I think if you look at that team, I mean, you look at the team they had out on Saturday, and you've got players in there that players in there that would walk into a lot of teams in the SPL. I mean, the likes of Billy Mackay up top. I mean, John Rankin's been around for ages. Their defence, albeit they've got a couple of inexperienced players in there, you've still got Ryan McGowan. I think it's a cracking player. Sean Dillon, good fullback. Players like uh, Souter and Spittle and Fraser there, and then you look at their bench, and they've still got a few young players, young Aidan Connolly, Charlie Telfer, etc. There's no way they should be 11th in the league. Who's it down to? Is it the manager or the players? The board clearly feel it's the manager. Well, I mean, he puts out um, the team, so it's up to him to take responsibility for that. But I don't doubt right now, they had the statement from Les um, Hutchison at Motherwell saying the players should hang their heads in shame. Um, at what went on with Barraclough I think if Dundee United fans if sorry, Dundee United players didn't go home on Saturday night look at themselves and think well hang on a minute we've let him down here then I think there's an issue because um, they've not performed to standard the end of the day and, and, and the, kind of, the gist of it is you're a manager you're expected to get performances now unfortunately at times the dressing will turn on you um, and won't perform for you, but then you're meant to be the man that's got the control and has got the the kind of authority over your changing room. They will play for you, and they will do it um, week in week out. Unfortunately, that seemed to be lost for both the managers in the end. Um, it's interesting. 
at Dundee United to see where we go from here because I think you know if they are to suddenly pick up results, it shows a lot about them, you know, not playing for their manager. Um, I don't think it will change over. I think it will take something to come in and, and deploy new methods, new formations, new tactics. But I think there's definitely a squad there that the right manager can get the best out of. Um, and I would expect them to keep going up. Where it leaves McNamara, I don't know, because I was thinking about this last night. You know, what what sort of club does McNamara go to? I, I, sorry, I was just going to come in on that. I think you'll be. I, I would be surprised if you find him at a club now, unless he does a fantastic job um, at the club, the next club he's at. That will be as I don't know as high a caliber as Dundee United, if that makes sense. I mean, I've said it before. I think he's a bang average manager. I think the only way that Dundee United team was improving is without him. Um, and the fact that Pat Linen and Shields have been linked with them, I think they fit around what that squad has the potential to be more than McNamara did. Um, there's been various incidents, obviously well documented with McNamara, that the fans have been frustrated with. Um, I think it's clear that the players had lost confidence in him. The board obviously now have as well. Um, and I do agree with Connor that it will not change overnight because I don't think these things ever do with how poor a start Dundee United have had. But I think you will see... Um, especially if it is paddling and shields, a drastic change from now uh, until the end of the season. Your face suggests you don't agree with that, Connor. I don't think Jackie McNamara is a bang average manager. Um, I think he's done relatively well. In right, so relatively well finals. is not as better than average. It's not bang average though. I would say well, a few finals bang average. Relatively well. It's not exactly a, a glowing indictment of his managerial abilities, is it? I've never once said, though, that he is the best thing that's no, going. No, no that's, not, not, what, that's not what I was saying. You said he's um, not bang average and then described him as doing relatively well. And if, another thing I would then say to that is, if um, he's a bang average manager, then surely uh, you would say that if, if someone like Mixie Patlinen was to come into Kilmark and sorry, Dundee United and not change it overnight, does that make him bang average? Because surely if McNamara is a bang average manager, anybody else would be able to do a hell of a lot better with those players. Well, that's what I think Patlinen and Shields will do. Hence why I just said I think there'll be a drastic change by the end of the season if they come in. So we'll, they we'll, need how many months to sort that? We will, we will see this in future, obviously. Uh, talking about now, here and now, it's a bad state for Dundee United. They're 11th in the league. Five points, just two ahead of Partick Thistle. Those two play each other this weekend, which will be an absolute humdinger of a match, I think. That'll be... I mean, you could argue that if Partick lose that, they could be heading down already because they'd be, what, five points behind. However, if they win it, Dundee United are bottom of the league. So it's a massive game there. Uh, and that's... We'll, we'll kind of talk about preview that come the end of the week. Elsewhere, the final game in the Premiership on Saturday was at Rugby Park. Callum, you're brimming to talk about your, your side's defeat against Hamilton. Your words today, what were your words after the game today when we spoke about it? You were you were slightly happy about it in many ways because it gets rid of, rid of Gary Locke. Or was that, nah, I think he was just joking about that. But it was a, a disappointing result for Kelly after they'd picked up in recent weeks under Gary Locke. Signs that it was getting better. Even signs on Saturday that it was getting better going 1-0 up through Greg Kilty early on. But a Dougie Emery and an Ali Crawford winner for Hamilton sinks Kelly to another defeat. They're now back down to 10th in the league, 8 points from 9 games. We'll come on to Hamilton in a minute though, but from a Kelly standpoint, just not good enough. Well, going again, apparently it was an excellent first half performance. Um, and like I say, in the end of the day, a, a few weeks ago, 
if stuff was going this way, then Gary Lott wouldn't be here. But I think um, he'll be the commandant manager come January at least anyway, um, unless things get really, really bad. But again, I don't think they've done a lot wrong in the first half. I think Greg Kilty could have had a hat-trick, some were quoted in saying. Um, but in the end of the day, just Hamilton came out second half with a game plan and came out and changed it. I mean, an incredible goal for Doug Emery. But what have I said? I said it last week. It's the it's defence. The defensive issues. frightening. Totally frightening. Uh, I would like to make up for something. I said that Gary Locke hadn't had a clean sheet since he was appointed in February, but since he was an official manager, since March. So, no, that's much better. He had one clean sheet. As, and No, two clean sheets as interim manager. But um, he's not had a clean sheet since he's been permanent manager of Kilmarnock. Um And like I said, you, you could see it again. Far too many defensive errors. And obviously, icing in the cake is Ashcroft going off with a last man tackle. Um, and we're just shooting ourselves in the foot, really. Let's give Hamilton a wee bit of credit, though. They are fourth in the league. Just noticed there they're actually in the same amount of points as that glorious Hearts team we've been talking about all season that are doing brilliantly. Hamilton, both uh, Hamilton and Hearts are a goal difference of plus three and they both get 16 points. Is it time, and I think I'm like a broken record saying this every week, is it time we gave Hamilton the real credit they deserve? I think so. I mean, the main point I made before the start of the season was where the goal's going to come from. Um, <laughs> and they seem to be having no problem um, scoring goals now. Obviously, Kelly have, have had their, their troubles so far this season, but for Hamilton to be on the same amount of points as, as Hearts, who everyone was kind of, you know, they were everyone's favourite team at the start of the season, really. Um, when when they came up, I w- I would just want to put that point out there though. Both Ross County and Hamilton have sort of surprised everyone here with how well they've done. Who do we all see maybe tailing off first? Because I think it's bound to happen with one of them, but I could you couldn't quite call it at the moment. It's a good question. I think Hamilton. Yeah, I think same, Hamilton same. just because um, possibly the inexperience of Canning. That might actually come back on and, them, and the inexperience of the players as well, because that's a very young team. Yeah, you t- in my opinion, you take Ali Crawford out of that team, you lose a lot. So it depends if they can keep a hold of him. If they if they lose him in January, then I think you could see them their season struggling after that. Well, on paper, I would say Hamilton as well, because obviously, as Lewis touched upon, inexperience of the squad, and obviously Matt, Matt as well saying about the manager. Because um, I mean, you look at Ross County's squad, and you know it's filled with cracking players in my opinion you look at Hamilton and there's a few players that stick out for you but at the end of the day Hamilton keeps surprising us so it wouldn't surprise me to see them not tail off in the end of the day even though it looks on paper that they are weaker than Ross County like nothing surprises you with them Connor I think for me uh, I, I do think it'll be Hamilton Um I just don't think depth wise as, as a squad that it's there Um I do Firmly believe in what Matt said about Ali Crawford, who it's—I don't want to sound bad, but it does surprise me that he's doing so well, um, and he's been such a standout. Because when I seen him three or four years ago, I thought he was going to do. Um, and that was four years ago, though. I mean, he's a young player; he's going to improve. No, no, but when I seen him first when he came out, I just—I couldn't see anything in him. I, I, I just couldn't see. You know, you see players like they'll go on and do. It. I didn't see it in him. So, but credit to him because obviously he's improved. Um, I just think Hamilton at one of these things they'll they'll have a nice spell. They'll get themselves up there again. But I think when it comes to end it, I don't think I'm not convinced they'll even get top six. Um, I think they will tail off quite dramatically. Um, you made the claim last week. I think it was you that you said that one of 
Motherwell, Dundee United or Kelly would make the top six. One of the teams, I think you described them as underachievers from the start of the season. Two of them are going to have new managers. Does that change your thinking at I all? It strengthens my, yeah, my, my, my I thinking. Think so. um, I just think that Ross County, because, not more so because of even the start they've had, because of the collectiveness going from this year to last year to this year. Um, the other big thing that uh, Jim McIntyre did well is, again, when he was at Queen of the South, was consistency in the squad. So he's kept them together and added in good areas. Um, and I think they'll be the, they will stay up there. I just think the gap said it be filled when Hamilton dropped down, because I think they will. Um, and it, for me, it's an interesting one, because I think it could be either of Motherwell or, or Dundee United. Um, I don't think... Uh, I, I might be proved wrong again by this, but I don't think it'll become Marnock anymore. I think they'll slip just if they do improve, which I think there's a potential, but I think they'll slip just out of the top. Yeah, six. I, I don't think they'll quite um, be there. I just think there's definitely the potential there in both the squads at Motherwell and United for them to make the climb. Um, I think that the problem is, and these are, I will say that I don't think there'll be two of them. It's because I don't think Ross County will drop off enough. For, for their their place to be taken, I think Hamilton will though, and that's why one of them will, will, will get up. Interesting. Just a wee bit of news on Dundee United. We're just getting a wee bit of news there that Paul Lambert has entered the running for the Dundee United job. Big nah, name? No, nah, he he wouldn't. He, I don't think he. Uh, whether if is he put his name at the heart or is he just coming up as the one in the bookies? Not actually read the story. It's on Daily Record. They're reporting it on Twitter. I wouldn't think that he would. The only thing um, is, he's. he's I don't think. It, yeah, I don't think. I think money would be a factor there uh, yeah. for him. I think he can possibly work in a and it would be seen a as, budget, a, as a, a let's be honest, it is a bit of a step backwards. Yeah. Really, oh, it's, it's just so just is. a wee bit from Aston Villa. Just yeah. a wee bit. Yeah. The only thing I would say about that is there's a uh, money is a downfall. Yes, but his reputation, I would say, is quite badly damaged um, down south. I think it's a good way. To, to get back yeah. in, but the only problem is, and that would come back probably on Lambert when it got to kind of interview processes. You're surely not going to make a manager that you know at the first sniff of England again. He's going to go because you know that you know you know he you wouldn't make a long term appointment if you appointed Paul Lambert. You would probably have to go into it knowing that he'd probably make a dramatic short term fix, but. Um, you're not going to get him for any more than probably eighteen months because the minute he started to do things. And the job came back up down south. Even if it was a championship team, I think he'd be straight off away again. To, to be fair, though, yeah. sorry to butt in there. It depends what his mindset is. If obviously he did a good job at Wickham and then Norwich and then obviously at Villa, it went a bit wrong for him. But I mean, look how many managers it's gone wrong for at Aston Villa um, in the past, and it doesn't exactly look to be going well for the current manager there either. It depends what his mindset would be. He would come back and go, "This is a team that's in a position where, let's be honest, it shouldn't be." I can rebuild here, I can bring in my own ideas, I can bring in my own philosophy, I can rebuild this. So, for example, he gets Dundee United, I don't know, next season. If he is the, if if he stays there and his mindset is correct, he gets them into, say, third, say, wins the League Cup or something with them, sees what he can do for the first part of the season afterwards, and then his stock has risen again. Um, and I think Lambert seems to be the kind of manager that he likes to imprint a philosophy whereby it's it's all the way through the club, so somebody then... Could then be appointed in his place. There would be, yeah, there would be, there would be similar um, in that. So it could be like it, I think it, it could go further than just appointing Paul Lambert as a manager. It could be let's try and revitalize, refresh things around the club and see see where we go. 
Yeah, I was just uh, in regards to what Connor said. Surely, any manager who's got any ambitions to do well in the game would see a club the size of Dundee United as a bit of a stepping stone. No, no disrespect to Dundee United. Every team in Scotland's a stepping exactly, stone, no matter yeah, what we say yeah. at the moment. As I mean, Ronnie Dyler, let's be honest, he won't admit it. But it's a stepping stone to get bigger things. Mark Warburton, it's a stepping stone to get to bigger things. Derek McInnes, it's a stepping stone. If a big club in England comes in for any of them, they're away. Exactly, exactly. So I don't think think that's something, a criticism that should be levelled at anyone. Anyway, that's our Premiership chat over and done with there. Moving down a league to the Championship. We'll start with Friday night. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, Connor, because there wasn't much to talk about with the Falkirk Stadium. Go for it. How was that game? A battle was the only way I could describe it. It was uh, midfield, everything. Uh, some amount of chances for both teams. I'd say probably Falkirk just seeded it on the night. Um, <laughs> recovery from two tonight, yes. But when you're second in the championship, which we still are, which is probably the best thing to come out of the weekend, um, you need to be a bit more creative going forward. But that's the problem we've got. Teams come to Falkirk Stadium, they sit back. Um, and we need to find ways to combat that because that's what's going to happen throughout the course of the season, especially when you're sitting that high up the league. Yeah, not the kind of game you really want to be on telly on a Friday night showcase to the people watching it, but I suppose you don't know how a game's going to go beforehand, so that's just the way it goes. Saturday was a bit more eventful in the Championship. There was a few goals. I mean, my boys Livy got their first win of the season. I knew they'd come good. 3-0 at Alloa. The one week I actually didn't tip them. I've been tipping them all season. I tipped them against Hibs, I think, last week. Away to Alloa, and I'm tipping Alloa to, to win big time because I just thought Livingston are rubbish. 3 0 Livy. Thoughts on that one, Connor? I think it's a, a worrying sign for Alloa. Um, it shows Livingston that they've, they're able to compete, if not the rest of the league, at least Alloa. Um, and I think you'll find coming the season up by them two in that right battle. But if Livingston are able to get the points o- over Alloa, then there's only way one way that's going to finish, it'll be Alloa at their bottom. Um, for me, I could have personally. I could have went along to that. Um, you got it. You didn't. No. <laughs> you, got it, you have a chance to watch it in League One next season. I think the problem. <laughs> I, it's just there wasn't for me. It's a totally un. Just, I, I wasn't really enticed by it at all. Um, but it's a massive, massive win for Livy, and who knows? It could be a wee bit of a kickstart for them to. I wouldn't say even clean up the league because I think there's too big a gulf between them and. Your rest of your well, Dumbarton, who's your next part-time team, are miles ahead. Of, I think of Livingston and Alloa, um, but a big, big win for Livingston, and it sets in a marker at least over that kind of battle that we're expecting to see between them and Alloa. Yeah, well, I'm now in. I'm under big orders from Ross Clark to talk up St Mirren's draw at Hibs. They've not had much to shout about St Mirren fans, but they had a a credible point at Easter Road on Saturday. One all, it finished at Easter Road. Callum Gallagher, I think, was second goal for St Mirren. Opened the scoring after 18 minutes. That was levelled up by a Martin Boyle header just before half-time. Crowds were just under 9,000 at Easter Road. Another, It's not kind of what Ips would be looking for, but I suppose it's it's a kind of average the, the, crowd. The majority of their games have been like that, I think. Yeah, well, I suppose that's a, state, uh, a sign of where Hibs are at the moment. It was an average crowd in terms of the game. The kind of ones that Hibs just need to win if they're going to challenge Rangers. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, I really think there must be a mentality problem at Hibs because, I mean, they can beat Aberdeen at midweek, but they can't beat St Mirren. And I I know Ross is obviously wanting us to talk up St Mirren, but um, I think it was more a case of Hibs playing poorly rather than St Mirren playing well. Um, I just, I don't particularly rate this St Mirren team this year so far. I've I've not been impressed from what I've seen from them. And um, I just think Hibs... 
I think they really need to win against Queens uh, next week to, to even have a slight chance of keeping pace with Rangers. I think that's a bit harsh in St Mum. I think slowly but surely they have improved. Uh, as I said, the first game of the season at Ibrox, there were signs there that there is a there is a makings of a decent side. Um, it's just going to take time. I think Callum Gallagher from obviously Rangers was a good addition and obviously scored uh, at the weekend. And I think they will start to sort of push up. Uh, probably not quite as far as my prediction that they'd finish second, but I think they'll be in and about the playoffs by the end of the season. I'm, I'm confident. Mean, how much time do you give them, though? Because we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Well, and the it's been is, a disaster I, to start. It's sort of similar to the Premier League where you have like sort of like teams and leagues of their own, if you like, a little bit. Like Rangers, obviously, are further ahead, and then you sort of get Falkirk in, like, in there <clears throat> in second, who are obviously... At the moment, level with Wraith Rovers, who are, who are a bit of a surprise package in there. Hibs are toiling a wee bit, um, but I think the quality is there. I think Ra- it'll be Rangers by a distance, and then I think Falkirk will be as close as it's going to get. I think Hibs will be in there. Um, and I think there's, I mean, looking at teams there, you've got Dumbarton, Morton, Queen of the South, um, between uh, St. Murn and Hibs, who are sitting fourth with 13, and St. Murn are eighth with six. I think, as you said, you think there's a mentality problem with Hibs. I yeah. think Hibs will drop more points. I think St. Murn will start to gain more points. And I think just in between that, I don't think if St. Murn get things right, I don't see why they can't push up the table. I, I just don't see I don't see where the turnaround comes. I just I think it's I think everyone I, wants oh, everyone, everyone wants, wants to do it. There's, everyone, there's no indication apart I, from the I've first not game. Seen anything at all from St Mirren to suggest that, that they would do it I'm totally with you here I mean I go all the way back to the first game of the season at Ibrox and I sat and watched the, the game and as the teams were read out I said there's just something missing there's something not right there uh, and that's where they kicked the ball then they kicked the ball yet hadn't seen how they played they could have come out there and blew Rangers away for all I had known I think um, it's a stepping, se- stepping stone season for them um, you, you look at it, it's very difficult for a team to come down and keep a hold of their best players um, they obviously did that they managed to keep Thompson but Apart from that, it's it's a it's a it's a relatively young squad, you know. Like it is a it's a it's a very young squad, and it's a tough league. You know, Rangers are miles ahead, so they're not going to get in the that um they're not going to win the league. They're I said at the start of the season that I thought they would struggle as well um to even make the playoffs just because I think the mentality is damaged. Ian Murray, he's a he's a young manager. He's got fresh ideas, but at the same time. Apparently, a lot, a lot of St Mirren fans aren't happy with him the way he's, he's going things around, uh, going going about things at, at St Mirren. So. Let's put it in context. They've got one win from the first eight games in the league. That's that's uh, not good enough. If I you've got him, if you've got ambitions to go in the playoffs, that's not good enough. So I think that whether I mean that that should be the ambition of every team to get if they go down immediately, you need to look straight back up. But I think it's it's going to be too tough for them to, to even make the playoffs. There's too many teams in there that are good and they've not got the consistency. I think Hibs will come good. I think Hibs, albeit they, they could probably get away with being a bit inconsistent because they've, they will pick up wins when they need to. So I think Hibs will be in amongst the playoffs, but I don't think St Mirren will. So see if we're talking about how we can't see St Mirren improving, but there's been talk for since the start of the season that Hibs will come good. When do you think Hibs will come good then? But see, the difference being Hibs are sitting third, uh, fourth. or fourth, sorry, in the table um, at the moment. Nowhere near as bad a start as St Mirren. So I think to be saying that a team sitting you fourth not? and there's still more to come from them is a lot more positive than saying a team's sitting with one win in the first eight games. And I know people are saying there's more to come from them, but I think me and Lewis are yeah. the ones here that are saying 
Where, where, much more to come from them. Where's, where's the evidence? That, I think that if we're talking about it in context, for Hibs to be eight points behind Rangers at this stage is fair. Like you would expect better of them. Surely. No, I, I think that's just because Rangers have just been are just blowing teams away. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Um, I think Hibs have Hibs have got to find that consistency. At the moment, they don't have it. Rangers have the consistency. Rangers are going to go and romp this league. Regardless, it doesn't matter who's who's behind them. They're going to win it. By a good but, I mean, twenty the, thirty points, the, so it's not what Hibs have been doing wrong. It's just what Rangers have been doing right. It's, it's all to do with momentum, and at the moment Hibs don't have it. But there's signs there. I mean, Aberdeen at midweek. Um, you know, they've had performances here there in, in the season where there's signs that they can go on a run. So uh, even even last year as well, it happened last year they did go on a bit of a run last year as well. So I I, I do think Hibs will go on a run. I'd, you know they're not they're not going to win the league obviously. I mean that's I'd, I'd say that's 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 not going to happen. But I mean again in terms of Samir, I've not seen the evidence. And danger of sounding um, and bias, and I don't mean it to come across this way. I think the difference, and I've not seen obviously Hibs uh, live apart from the game against Aberdeen. This year, not seen against a Championship team, but when it comes to Samir, for me. Um, you compare them, you know, when they were up against Falkirk, a team that they should be level with, if you ask me, they should be going toe-to-toe with Falkirk throughout the season, that um, should be maybe third and fourth going for it with each other. All it took was, fair enough, Falkirk were turning down at half-time, but the minute that, that Falkirk's turned it on and started playing, they were able to look comfortable against them and got the win, albeit a last-minute winner, but the goal was coming. To me, it shows that... Um, there is definitely that golfing class. I can only comment to an extent on Hibs. I was very, very impressed with them um, when I seen them against Aberdeen. Um, and I, I'll be interested to see what they're like when I see them live. Um, but at the moment, for me, the, the big thing with St Mirren is they just cannot do it when it's teams that they should be there or there about them. They're having slip-ups, but you know it's not even like... So, I've seen going spells in the Championship with teams and they're actually playing badly, but they're picking up some half-decent results out of maybe once every five games they're going on and beating a big team it's not happening for St Mirren and I think for some reason and I'm not sure quite what it is there seems to be this kind of almost want for St Mirren to start picking up and yeah it's, it's, it's not great to see one of your bigger Scottish teams down at that end of the championship but it's no different than anybody else I'm sorry if they're not playing to the standard that's good enough to get there I don't see why we should be saying you know they're going to turn that I don't even think there's a justification to say they will turn it. It's just that people want them to turn it. And that, that's a big difference. I just me. think the thing with Hibs, obviously, people are saying that this that they will get better at some point. Um, from my perspective, so I've seen them twice. Once against us at Ibrox, we won 1-0, and then at Easter Road in the, the pitch fact game. They're just, I just think they're too inconsistent to put any run together where, they, where they'll improve much further than what they've been. Sparky seems quite... Wanting to jump in here. No, finish your point. Finish your that point. was my point. They're too inconsistent, I think, well, to go I, any further I'm than I'm struggling to understand here why you think, you're saying, you know, Hibs are being too inconsistent. What I don't understand is that's fine. I can accept that if you don't think they're going to turn it around. How on earth have St Mirren showed any more to suggest they will turn it around? Because I think they are steadily improving. Which was the point I made right at the start of this, and as I said from when I saw them, steadily is not going to get them unpromoting. No, uh, but promotion. Well, the point I made was I don't think if they do start improving, and I don't think with the squad they've got there and some of the players they've got in there, I don't see why they can't push up further. I think it's as, as you said, there was a lot of turnaround at that club over the summer, and I think Ian Murray's a good enough manager that once it starts to click 
and I think it will do sooner rather than later for them that they will get further up. Maybe me saying playoffs is a bit too ambitious, but I do think I think no, I think they can get much higher up the league than they are just now. For me, Hibs need to go up this season. If the Hibs have another season in the championship, it will really affect them, whether it's cutting costs and so on. So I think if Hibs will have that desire in them, I think Ian Murray might have it in the player's head, which probably is not a good thing, or it could be because of their young, because of their age, that they could maybe afford another season in the championship. Um, that if they miss out in the playoffs or miss out in the latter stages of the playoffs, it's not the worst thing in the world for Hibs. If, if they don't go up this season, they're in real trouble. Yeah, I know you want to come in there, Connor, but I'll, I want to move on because uh, we're running out of time a wee bit and we've still got lots to talk about. Wraith Rovers beat Dumbarton 1 0. We're a good friend of the show, of course. Ray McKinnon will be delighted with that result. And the way his team are doing, they're currently sitting third in the league, Cal. It's an excellent result, uh, again, for Ray and Darren. Um, kind of similar to Hamilton. They just keep surprising us week in, week out. When I was. Lo- but when I was looking at the the coupon, to be honest, I'm not promoting any betting companies like that here. But um, but when I seen that uh, Wraith Rovers were even money at home, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I thought it was an excellent price considering you know Dumbarton, you know a part time. Um, so obviously I put money on Wraith Rovers and they won. But uh, at the end of the day, like, I was surprised at the price. That, so it's can, interesting to see how other people view them compared to us because obviously I mean well look, the likes of Connor and uh, Callum are. Very interesting championship. Obviously, their team's been there, so they would have maybe seen a lot, a lot more of them. But is there something we are missing in terms of um, how highly we rate them in other uh, companies or that? Yeah. No, it's interesting because you can have you have an image of the championship, and it's you know you can get images of the league in your head, and you rate the teams. You've got Rangers on their own, kind of what you were talking about a minute ago, Callum, and then. For me, I've still got Hibs out there on their own in second, just by a wee bit. In my opinion, I do. I know Connor's going to disagree with me big time, but I do. I think they'll finish second, Hibs. I've then got Falkirk probably on their own as well, a wee bit. And then you look at the teams like Wraith Rovers, Queen of the South, Morton. There's not much between them. But the Wraith, it's quite a strange one, because last year I think they were... They were looked at as being one of the lower teams in the league, but now they've almost excelled onto this kind of could-make-the-playoffs team. I mean, I wouldn't be totally surprised to see them finishing the playoffs, Wraith Rovers. I was, I said in last week's podcast, I mean, when they played against Celtic, I was really impressed by their discipline, the way they sat in, and a few of their players. I mean, we all know about John Daly. He didn't score many last year, but he still will score goals if you give him the chance. Uh, the young boys, well, Craig Whiten from Dundee, really good attacking player. A few players that have been there and done it as well. Uh, I think they've got Benedictus there and Meganson as well from Aberdeen. A few good players there. And uh, as you say, I, I don't think um, they're in any real danger of being down there at all. I think they're almost looking up the table rather than over their shoulder. I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think you're right in terms of the fact that they're a team that you don't you kind of place them right in that middle. Yeah. What I would say, in fairness to the two of them, is that um, I've seen Wraith and Dumbarton this year twice live and I couldn't really pick anything between the two of them so I can see where the bookmakers are coming in that sense. Um, I think they both lost by a goal to us. Um, unlucky both of them. Maybe they didn't take a point, so very, very similar. Wraith, um, a lot of them are claiming that you know they could push on and finish in the playoffs the big worry for me with them would be that they lose John Daly in January and they lose Craig Whiten in January at the moment 
Um, the deal for for Daly runs out. Um, there's been talk over. Well, it was talked about the summer he was going to go to America. The problem with that was there wasn't any teams that could take him until January. Surprise, surprise! He signed a contract at Wraith until January. Um, and then you've got Craig Whiten, whose loan runs out. If he impresses enough, could he be considered as maybe going back to have a wee chance at the first team at Dundee? Um, the only problem is they've got a lot of good attackers there, so that's the danger. You could have. Daily losing, you could be losing John Daly in January. You could be losing Craig White in January, and then you need to go out and try and bring some else in because Lewis Vaughan, who had done extremely well for them last year when he came into the, the, the fray, he had um, he's injured and looks like about for the season. Yeah, uh, just before we go, we're going to have to to wrap up shop. Unfortunately, we'll talk about the lower league later on in the week ahead of the weekend's action. Before we go, the final game was Rangers, of course. Just briefly, I want you to kind of touch on your thoughts on that game. A bit of a, a bounce back after the defeat to St. Johnson. Um, yeah, I was always confident we'd get a kind of you know a big response um, from the players. I would probably just call it a routine victory. Really, Morton troubled a little bit, but we looked absolutely fine. Waghorn and Tavernier. I think highlighting that they've been the signings of the summer from our perspective. Um, anyway, and it's just good to get that momentum back with a good win. Um, some some good goals in there. Taverniers especially was was very well worked. Um, and it's just a case of go again next week uh, against Falkirk, which will be a big game. I know Sparky's looking forward to that one, um, as am I. So yeah, it's just a case of go again next week. Keep doing what we're doing, and, and I'm confident that that we'll have the league wrapped up uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think we all can share that thought as well. Um, thank you very much for, for your time today, guys. I really appreciate it. As I say, we'll be back later on in the week. We will focus on the lower leagues at that point. Apologies we didn't get around to it today. We will preview the weekend's action and um, we look forward to, to seeing you then. That is Friday. Hopefully we'll be along. Thank you for listening to the Bus Boss Watch Football Podcast.